Section six of Sir Francis Drake by Julian Corbett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter three The Mule Trains. Part two. The luck indeed seemed turned at last, and in high hope, as night was closing in, a move was made for Benta Cruz. Here at the point where the Nombre de Dios road crossed the river Chagres stood the halfway depot and thus far the mule trains always journeyed by night so fierce was the noonday heat across the grass-clad prairie thence either by the river or the roughly paved road which pisaro had made through the cool forest the treasure reached the atlantic within a couple of leagues of the town they halted and prepared their ambush first every man pulled his shirt over his clothes as the art military demanded for night attacks and then divided into two equal parties they took up their places on either side of the way some fifty yards apart by this disposition the first and hindmost mules of the train could be seized at the same moment and each party could use its weapons against the treasurer's escort without hurting the other thus with every detail arranged and certain of their prey they waited for an hour the silence of death lay upon the grass-bound highway broken only by the uneasy breathing of the crouching ambuscade and the murmuring voices of the tropic night then faintly over the soft rustle of the giant grass came the tinkle of mule-bells on either hand and from the direction of benta cruz the sound of a horseman's trot and a running footboy the strictest order had been given that everything going toward panama should be let by without a move and unsuspecting the traveller came on at an easy pace suddenly amidst the waxing sound of the mule bells drake to his dismay heard the trot change to a canter and the gentleman clattered rapidly down the hard road toward panama still it was impossible that he could have seen anything through the impenetrable grass and the anxious captain lay quietly on surely enough the mule trains were not alarmed louder and louder jangled the deep-toned bells till the air was alive with the merry clang then sharp and high over all drake's whistle pierced the din the grass bowed before the rush of black and white figures oaths and curses mingled with the bells the mules stopped and then lay down and almost without a blow the whole train was in drake's hands pack after pack was rent and ransacked of its contents a little silver was found but treasurer there was none not a single jewel nor an ounce of gold it was from the chief muleteer they learned the bitter truth a sailor who had been keeping up his courage with aqua vitae had been fired to spend it on the traveller his maroon mate in a moment had knocked him down and lain on top of him but in the struggle they had rolled into the road the gentleman had galloped on in great alarm and meeting the treasurer had told him that el Draque, how and whence he could not tell was lying in wait for him on the lonely road and the treasurer had consented to send on the victual train in front of him to spring the trap thus early did that ominous name begin to have its unearthly sound in spanish ears time and space seemed already not to exist for him but in truth they were now a terrible reality 
delighted as he always was to hear how he frightened superstitious spaniards it was no moment for any but the gravest thoughts horse and foot would soon be hurrying out of panama and in venta cruz perhaps the alarm had already been given the whole party was much exhausted by their recent long marches to retrace their steps to a place of safety was four good leagues and the only other line of escape lay through venta cruz needless to say the latter course was chosen each man mounted on a mule they continued their way till close to the town the maroons scented musket matches amongst the trees ahead dismounting they boldly held on along the narrow road till they were challenged by a spanish officer in the name of the king of spain the pompous captain bade drake yield for the honour of the queen of england the seaman cried he must have passage that way and flashed his pistol in the spaniard's face it was the signal for a volley from the spanish musketeers as the firing ceased drake's whistle rose merrily once more and then through the choking smoke sailor and maroon dashed blindly at the unseen enemy yelling and leaping like fiends the negroes led the charge yo pego yo pego their terrible war-cry struck dread into the spaniard's hearts backed by the maddened mariners the charge was irresistible without a check the enemy was swept through the town gate up the narrow street and into the monastery monks soldiers and civilians in a panic-stricken flock and there they were safely locked while the victors pillaged the little town besides its commercial importance it was a sanatorium to which the ladies of nombre de dios came to be confined drake had reissued his invariable orders that no woman or unarmed man should be touched and even in the heat of the sack his savage allies did not attempt to disobey yet the poor distracted invalids never ceased their piteous entreaties until drake himself came to their bedsides to comfort them surely never was a pirate so tender or with such a gentle name for an hour and a half the pillage continued till an alarm of horse interrupted it it was the advanced guard of the cavalry from panama but a picket was holding the gate and so well had drake kept his men in hand that faster than they came the newcomers were soon galloping back to join their comrades when they returned with the main body to storm the captured town the corsair had vanished far and wide the alarm spread to the confines of nicaragua the mine owners did not feel safe and made ready for a flight to the south sea within a fortnight one of the shark-like pinnaces appeared in the port of beragua and it was only the unsleeping vigilance of the garrison that saved a vessel laden with a million of gold from drake's hands a frigate of nicaragua put in with the news that drake had boarded her and stripped her of her gold and her genoese pilot to the eastward his lieutenant had captured and carried off a fine frigate laden with victuals no one in short knew where to look all that was clear was that he was at sea again and the gold frigates hardly dared move meanwhile the treasure was pouring across the isthmus under strong escorts unmolested on the last night of march guarded by half a company of soldiers three large mule trains left venta cruz with some thirty tons of silver and a quantity of gold almost to the very gates of nombre de dios they travelled as safely as the rest when just as they thought all danger over 
in front and rear the jangle of the bells was drowned in a rattle of musketry the woods were belching shot and arrows the air was rent with that terrible yo pero yo pero mingled with shouts in french and english overwhelmed and dazed as the yelling figures leaped down upon them into the road the soldiers discharged their pieces and fled into the city in wild alarm the garrison turned out with all the promptitude which their constant watchfulness made possible but when they reached the scene there was nothing but the mules and the empty packs it was drake again released of all he was to be expected shortly after his attempt to cut out the gold frigate of Biragua, he had met with an huguenot privateer in distress he had relieved its wants and had heard from its captain the news of the massacre of st bartholomew moved with pity at his heart-rending tale and lashed into a fury against the whole catholic world drake had taken him into partnership and determined on this last desperate attempt strong in the certainty of his simple faith that god's hand must surely now be with him against the idolatry that was stained with a crime so hideous he had struck his triumphant blow at the gates of this moloch and what wonder if he thought it was the finger of the lord that had pointed out the way while the spaniards were gazing hopelessly at the rifled mules the victors with jests and laughter were stuffing silver bars into the land crabs holes hiding them under trees burying them in the river bed till fifteen tons were concealed then groaning under the rest and all the gold they staggered on to the river mouth where the pinnaces were to meet them overtaken by a storm of rain in two days they reached the rendezvous drenched and exhausted and there with the suddenness of a dream at the very culmination of their fortunes they found themselves face to face with a situation besides which all their former griefs were as nothing not a sign of the boats were to be seen and in their stead appeared seven spanish shallops they were rowing towards nombre de dios from the very spot where the pinnaces had been lying during the absence of the shore party and all hope not only of saving the treasure but of ever seeing home again was gone the pinnaces must have been overpowered and under torture the prisoners would have to confess where the ships were hid despair seized every heart but drake's and invoking the aid of that extraordinary power in which he was never surpassed with a few cheery words he transformed the situation into one of hope he showed them that if god had permitted the enemy to prevail against the pinnaces he had sent the storm to bring tree trunks down the river and with these they might make a raft and reach the ships long before the blundering indolent spaniards could make up their minds what to do it is no time to fear he urged but rather to haste to prevent that which is feared in a trice all was movement again the raft was made and a crew of one englishman and two frenchmen who insisted on sharing the danger with a biscuit-bag for a sail and a tree for a rudder drake was waving a cheery adieu to his company if it please god he cried as they pushed off into the stream that i shall ever set foot aboard my frigate in safety i will god willing by one means or another get you all aboard in despite of all the spaniards in the indies yet no one knew better than he how desperate was his case no sooner were they at sea than every wave surged over the crazy craft up to their armpits as they sat for six hours they toiled parched and blistered with the salt and sun 
see suddenly cried drake in the midst of their torment there are our pinnaces true enough they were there and to the sufferers intense joy bearing straight for them drake declared all fear was over when all too soon it was clear the pinnaces had not seen them and in a few moments they disappeared behind a small headland evidently meaning to stay there the night without a moment's hesitation drake steered his craft straight ashore through the raging surf reckless as the resolution was the landing was safely effected and running round the headland they quickly joined the boats the crews were horror-stricken to see their disfigured captain with so ragged a following nor would he relieve their anxiety till with cruel jocularity he had grimly enjoyed their dismay it was not until he had ascertained that it was the gale which had caused their delay that he had mercy on them give thanks to god he cried at last as he drew from his bosom a quoit of gold our voyage is made well he might say it the shore party without further adventure was brought off safely with all their treasure and much of that which had been buried was subsequently recovered in spite of the spaniards efforts to find it the booty they now had must have been very large besides the plunder of nombre de dios venta cruz and the mule trains they calculated that of the two hundred vessels of all kinds which then navigated the caribbean sea there was not one they had not overhauled once at least and some of them had suffered three times their only thought now was the homeward voyage so reduced was the company that the pasha was too large for them to navigate and drake gave it to his spanish prisoners as some compensation for their long detention in the magdalena he knew he would find plenty of craft to serve his turn so after parting company with the french on the best of terms he sailed in his new frigate for the river in cartagena harbour were all the great plate ships and their convoy on the eve of sailing for spain but in the exuberance of his spirits drake stood close in and then ran by before the whole fleet with the flag of st george waving defiance at his masthead and his silken pennants and ensigns floating down to the water to bid them a mocking farewell another frigate was soon picked up and after lingering in his stronghold long enough to refit for the voyage and take leave of his trusty allies he shaped his course for home so prosperous was the voyage that he did not even touch for water at newfoundland as the custom then was and on sunday august ninth fifteen seventy three the good folk of plymouth to their preacher's dismay came running out of church as the triumphant young captain's guns thundered a salute to his kinsmen's batteries End of section six.